Welcome back to the Pocha Playlist. Andy, how's your week been? Doing, doing all right. I've been taking a couple of Wednesdays off work. Um, I'm taking care of Tibby, and uh, this Wednesdays, Wednesdays have been nice because I just do chore days essentially. And then um, my dog, he likes to wake up and have to go pee every like two hours, so I have to take him out because he can't walk. So I got to hold him up while he pees, and uh, yeah, it's Aww. been great. It's Senior okay. dog things. You should cherish every moment you have with that yeah. little. That little angry dog. <laughs> Such an angry, fussy dog. Little chihuahua boy. Oh. Yeah. Um, Jenny, you and I have been busy catching up on Good Bad Mother. It's going to be this month's Patreon. We are all going to record it very shortly, and we'll, pitting, we'll be putting that out. How has it been for you? It's, uh, you know, I want to take back everything that I was, like, worried about. Well, not everything, but, like, it's a really, really great show. And I, I thought that I was going to be just, like, really depressed watching it and i will say that you know there's definitely some down moments but overall i wasn't expecting the lightheartedness so i've actually been really enjoying it um brandon and i just you know been trying to binging through it and it's one of those shows where like we just want to watch the next episode and there's a lot of aspects that i wasn't expecting i think there's a lot of things that we've done wrong as a as a pocha playlist (laughs) as a group including terry but i think one of the biggest things that we didn't do right is not watching this in the year and being able to officially rank it because boy it is it's a good one andy have you started yet no i haven't started yet but i mean i think there's just so many shows that it's just so hard to watch every single one you know yeah for sure well we can't blame ourselves but um i will say one little fun thing Brandon and I have been watching Good Bad Mother and in every single episode they're like drinking makgeolli and Brandon and I have been inspired to make our own makgeolli so there is a tub of fermented Ooh. rice <laughs> in our living room right it's now. It's very stinky but Andy you have a jar of makgeolli with your name on it waiting for you. <laughs> that's it's that's gonna something be I've ready. always wanted to do as well to make makgeolli and I heard it's really fun it wasn't that hard. It no, was actually not, too, not hard. too hard as long as you can find like the I guess the yeast the specific yeast to make it. Um, it's actually pretty straightforward. It only takes like seven days. So we made it last weekend. So uh, if we see you maybe this week or next week, we'll we'll hand you a jar. It's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jenny. It's literally two ingredients. Mm-hmm. You need the polished rice, and then you need that that nuruk yeah. in Korean. They call it nuruk. I think it's the yeast you just mentioned. They both sell them at Kukje Andy, and it was like maybe Kukje's a. A Korean, Korean, um, supermarket. Korean supermarket, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and it's just a few, um, a few steps, a few hours of work. You have to put in a lot of love, but it'll be ready Sunday. It takes about a week. Yeah, so excited to see. Um, we'll watch Good Bad Mother and and drink our own homemade makgeolli and just I don't know. We'll we'll have a good time. Jenny is recording it for her uh, food Instagram, but I actually pitched this idea to her. You know, maybe you should rebrand and just try to recreate all the iconic. Korean drama dishes on your, I know, um, on I know. Whenever Ploch has actually mentioned it in the Discord too And I think someone was like I want to learn how to make um, oh, What are the cookies that were in Alphabet School Yeah, yeah, someone was like Yakwa. I was like, oh, that's a good idea But I don't know, I'll get through it slowly I think that's a, that's a good idea I think we should try to recreate, recreate some food scenes I mean, mm-hmm. Brandon and I already recreate some alcohol scenes together <laughs> So we should probably do something with food I know that's true. All right. Well, next time we watch an episode of whatever, I'll I'll make sure to keep an eye out for anything that looks tasty, and we'll try to remake it. 
Andy, are you are you continuing to watch that one show you've been watching? Uh, yeah, I've contract? watched a couple more. Ep- yeah, I've been watching a couple more episodes, like one episode or two episodes a week. Um, I'm liking it so far. It's my one of the shows that's just like you know I really want to just I want to relax. I want to watch a good. I want to watch a K drama, and that's one of the shows I want to put on. Uh, and it's like you know if I'm in like a mood to watch something, that's what I watch, and it's yeah. it's good so far. Um, there's another K drama I actually want to put on everyone's radar. I don't know if we're gonna pick this up on Pocha, uh, but it is something that I'm interested in. It's called Wedding Impossible. It comes out on February 26th on Vicky. Actually, um, it looks really, really interesting. It's one of those other like contract marriages, but essentially like this. I don't know, this brother needs somebody to marry and kind of like fake marry. So he finds this like struggling actress um, and basically hires her to pretend to be his wife. But the the younger brother of this guy like really objects to the marriage. But then like through that, like the younger brother and this like fake wife kind of like get to know each other and kind of like fall for each other. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It seems very interesting, very funny, rom-com-y, lighthearted drama. So if I do pick it up, just like I'll, I'll let you guys know what I think. Yeah, it's this one is um, based on a webtoon. I also read a little bit on this one as well. And it's not that big of a spoiler because the webtoon's been out. And in the webtoon, they kind of advertise it pretty well. But the brother, the one that they're getting married to, uh, he's gay. Uh, oh. So it's not actually a love triangle, and the brother's preventing it because he's like, "Wait, my brother's gay, and he's like marrying this girl, and he, he doesn't mm. approve of it." So that's how the whole thing starts. Yeah. I see, I see. But yeah, it looks really funny. Um, I don't know, Andy. I feel like you would also enjoy this one, so maybe you and I can have a sidebar about it. I don't know if it's really yeah. <laughs> Brandon's cup of tea. <laughs> hey, don't count me out. I might like it. That's true. Well, maybe we'll give it an episode. No, no confirm pickups since we do have a lot of stuff to watch but you know maybe we'll see if it's fun speaking of a lot of things to watch jenny there was actually something i wanted to bring up with you guys i i found this out a couple days ago but i was on our discord and people were talking about what they're most excited for us to pick up a lot of people mentioned this one title called queen of tears i think jenny you've already mentioned Mm -hmm. this maybe on the podcast that we are going to be picking this up but someone mentioned a show called chicken nugget and i wasn't sure what they were referring to so i actually googled it it i think it's a show of someone turning into a chicken nugget. i'm not even like making mm-hmm. this up i think that's mm-hmm. the show and it has monster from yeah moving i was so confused it also has the female lead from my demons i think it's like i feel like we talked about this or something but like yeah. there's like a show it's almost like honey i shrunk the kids kind of where it's like but it's a chicken nugget? i like i turned my daughter into a chicken nugget it just seems like really goofy really funny and i don't know i feel like we'll have to see like what how many episodes there are if it's a whole 16 episodes i don't know if i can handle it but it's, it has a very very fascinating premise it's got to be like a comedy yeah. right oh 100 percent Oh, 100%. I remember when the show got announced and it came out, like, I don't know, a year ago. I sent you guys, like, the uh, the article or something. And in, it's because for uh, Ploches uh, that don't know, early in the beginning, one of our favorite nicknames for uh, one of the shows was uh, Dino Nuggets. So that's why I think this was really funny because we're like, oh, nugget, chicken nuggets. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like remember this. Nugget. I think I saw a little bit of the trailer. I was like, how the hell is this was this made into a tv show i know it seems so funny um speaking of other shows coming out physical 100 um one of the shows like reality tv shows on netflix that we really enjoyed last year it looks like season two is coming out in march as well so i'm sure we'll probably review that either just in the beginnings i don't know if we'll pick it up formally but another fun thing that's uh that's happening soon 
just piling on from the reality. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because uh, based on the the I don't want to say scandal from season one. So like I don't know if that's gonna turn like some athletes off and everything, right? Um, and obviously, yeah. usually after these reality shows, season two after the success of season one usually picks up like crazy. So I'm assuming the production in season two is gonna be pretty wild, and I think the like the competitions will be even more drastic compared to season one, which is gonna be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if anything, for these athletes, it's just good PR, right? Like, just getting your name out there with these shows. I feel like everybody, you know, really found their favorite, like, athletes through um, Physical 100 the first season. So I, I think there'll be a lot of good contestants on this one. I'm all for making the production better, but as long as they don't try to, like, up the scale too much by making the things now oh, dangerous, you know? Like, oh, hopefully yeah. it doesn't go that down that route. But since we're talking about, like, the reality TV shows, I think I saw that Singles Inferno Season 4 was official as well. It, yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> I know the I, gift that won't, that keeps giving. Hey, last season was pretty great. <laughs> oh, it was. It was pretty wild. I'm excited. <laughs> Still ready for either Andy or Terry to show up as the one of the bombshells. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, we do have a new drama alert for this episode. We have Killers Paradox episodes one through four. But why don't we save that one for later? And why don't we do Doctor Slump first, Jenny? Yeah, that sounds good. Cheers. So let's dive into Dr. Slump. We're talking about episodes seven and eight today. Um, first things first, I wanted just to talk about the case because I know this has been something on everyone's mind since the beginning that we were like, just worried that it was going to drag on, become really nonsensical, have like really, I don't know, stupid subplots. But we actually were able to close the case in episode seven. So just to basically recap, the anesthesia, how do you say this? Anesthesiologist? Oh my goodness. Um, the mm, person that we thought, yeah, um, the one that we thought was potentially bad turned out not to be a bad person. So it seemed like he had a medical incident in the past where someone blamed him for incorrectly um, medicating a patient. So he was just like, I need to install cameras everywhere to protect myself. And so he was actually able to capture who committed the crime on camera. And so this whole like camera situation was actually him trying to give it to Jung Woo. Um, so with that evidence by the end, you know, essentially Jung Woo was able to win the case. It turns out that like this was not anybody trying to bring Jung Woo down. It was truly just he was a byproduct of this like casino i don't know like gang war in a way uh or not like gang war but like inheritance war um so that's basically how the case gets resolved like all the people close to him truly were not quote unquote you know bad and connected to this case um so you know a couple questions for the crew what are what did we think about kind of this big reveal and the fact that like it was just an outside group did we kind of like that angle or would we rather have happened it had happened a different way well, I'm happy it wrapped up really, really quickly. I mean, um, I think this this whole wrap-up, I think they wrapped it up relatively well. I wouldn't say I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is the greatest wrap-up ever. I think I'm, like, happy they wrapped it up and we can just move on with it and I can forget about it. I think it's fine. I don't, I'm not, like, frustrated about the wrap-up. I think I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And did you like the angle that it was just a casino inheritance thing and truly it wasn't like the glasses guy trying to screw um, Jungwoo over or would you rather it been someone closer to him? Well, that's the thing. We still don't know if glasses guy is like, you know, if he has even more motives going on because now mm -hmm. we do reveal later on that he's like he's actually like kind of a 
bad character. Uh, yeah. So and he's always like doing this like sinister look. So but at the at the same time, this show has been filming like this misdirection kind of a thing, which I'm not mm. really appreciating that much. It's like oh, this person's a little shady. Oh, actually, he was he's a good guy all along kind of a thing. And then uh, I'm just like I'm not really feeling this like this this filming technique of like oh is this person shady or not let's put some ominous music and just per- like put a hooded character on it. it's like mm, i don't it's a little yeah it's, it's see, a little I much see. fair enough brandon what about you do you agree with andy uh, i do agree with him for the most part um the last point that he he just mentioned i, I definitely agree with uh, i really don't like how lately we've kind of just been strung along um and kind of misguided in terms of like how they're portraying some of the characters this one is unique because it's not like the glasses guy was actually good like the anesthesiologist was he is still kind of Mm -hmm. a shady character i'm not going to deep his situation too much i think it was just you know he used you know he was using hunter for his own benefit i'm just going to leave it at that he's an asshole but he's not like some killer or he's not like a hooded yeah. villain that's going to go around stabbing people for the most part I'm, I'm very happy with how the case wrapped up because it means that we're not going to go down that route that mm-hmm. we've been voicing mm-hmm. our concerns about over the last four weeks you know I'm just going to put an end to that hopefully there's no more hooded figures bottles being cracked no more lurking around let's explore the other sides of this type of drama so for the most part I, I really um, really enjoyed these last two episodes I also think that the the way that they wrapped up the case um, was believable. You know, they needed someone to pin for this issue just because there was there needed to be some doctor. And it's kind of interesting for the main character, for Park Hyun-shik's character. He really was just an unfortunate um, scapegoat. And yeah. th- that's kind of an interesting angle. No one had ill will towards him or he's not being singled out. It was just wrong place wrong type situation wrong place wrong time type of situation yeah fair enough i i agree with you guys i am glad um that they wrapped up the case and i'm actually really happy with kind of the way they explained everything um i do think i differ from you andy on the whole like misdirection thing i actually didn't really mind it because i do think it creates this kind of like like, ooh, who did it? Is it him? Oh my god, it has to be him. And then, like, the nice surprise of, like, oh my gosh, it wasn't him. It was actually this situation. So I actually didn't mind that piece of it. But I can see why you might find it, like, annoying that it's, like, switching back and forth. Um, and I think the main reason why I wasn't uh, annoyed by the misdirection is because they actually explained everything really well. Like, the hidden camera thing, it was just, like... I wanted this hidden cameras to protect myself because something bad has happened to me in the past. And I was like, that's so believable and like very okay in my head. Um, so I actually really like that. And I think as you know, we all kind of shared the sentiment that like, we're just happy that's just kind of blew over. Like there wasn't a lingering serial killer for the next, you know, 10 episodes. So I think overall um, the case is closed and everyone can move on. Talking about the misguiding uh, situation. I think a lot of shows these days, um, I think it's just based on filming techniques uh, and whatnot. If, I think the shows that we like to kind of guess and predict stuff is when shows give us a kind of a neutral angle without giving any editing hints or whatnot. Mm. So hints would just be like when they show a shadowy character, you don't really show the face and you show ominous music kind of a thing. That in itself is like a leading question in a sense. Mm. But like shows that don't offer the leading questions where it's like there's no ominous music, everything's like flat and stone, and then now the viewer kind of has to guess who like the villain is or who's the good guy kind of a sense. That more opens up the question as opposed to I guess, yeah, it would be, like, a leading question. And I think that's why I don't like it, because it just feels like they're trying to force you another way, and then they yank... 
the the rope towards another way and it's mm-hmm. just like a little bit frustrating when they do that fair enough fair enough um okay well i i think you know I, overall we're just happy that this case is closed and we're kind of moving forward and i think you know the characters in the show seems like also feel the same way i think everyone is just really happy and post case i think one of the most important things that we touch on is that jungwoo and the other plastic surgeon his name is taeyang um you know they kind of have their reconciliation moment which was really really cute um it seems like though however there was an incident in their past which might have driven them apart and kind of explained why Taeyang was always like kind of annoyed at jungwoo and just like a little bit colder towards him in the beginning um you know we have like barely any information about this but are there any early predictions for why we think maybe they kind of had a divide so this is an interesting question jenny just because that scene where they get together and they eat kogi together after the case it was very telling to me just i i i felt from the way that they were speaking to each other that they do have a lot of history mm-hmm. but it wasn't awkward in any way i think it was a little bit more surprising that you know he reached out and he was like like being all buddy buddy and trying to buy him kogi mm-hmm. meat and also we know that taeyong his name yes we know that taeyong always cares for chongu he's watching the case he's involved so this leads me to believe that whatever the beef was it's not going to be that big like mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna be something that really broke up their friendship. Maybe it was just a slight riff. I don't want to mm. think that it's something that drastic. For if if they were like okay to just meet and kind of squash it, eating dinner and it, you know it wasn't very awkward. I don't think it's like I don't think it's like a girl or anything like that that got between them. I mm-hmm. see. Andy, any thoughts? Yeah, it feels like they were like probably rivals back in school. And then they had like it's like a different type of rivalry, like a bro rivalry kind of a thing. And uh, they didn't never really hated each other. I do want to mention that in the very first episode when they introduced both their characters, I thought Dion was going to be the main like you know evil character or main mm. villain in the sense that like you know there that was that harsh interaction of like wait why are you pulling out my chair like that and sitting on it. And then so now I'm like a little bit confused because then now when they meet and then when they're hanging out again for dinner getting beef, I was like wait now they're just like typical bros. Right. So the contrast was like really really drastic, and I was like okay I'm a little confused used now uh, in his character but i mean i like his character a lot it's just very confused about the very first initial scene yeah if i were to put in my prediction i i think that the show has a lot of emphasis on like people in the medical academia stealing each other's work and my prediction is that you know we know that chungu's mom and dad are both like very high up it sounds like potentially his dad is also in the medical field so i have a prediction that chungu and this taeyang they worked on the paper together and i think chungu's parents like gave chungu all the credit or something like that because i feel like that would then explain why there's so much animosity because i feel like that's like a really big taboo thing However, I think the reason why they're able to make up is probably because Taeyang was like, oh, this wasn't because of Chungwoo. Like, somebody else was in the middle and kind of, like, stirred this pot and caused this. I feel like that's going to be the big incident. But, I don't know. What do you guys think? Too crazy? I don't think it's going to be that for two reasons. Uh-huh. We yeah. already have another uh, duo fighting a um, battle over, you know, ownership of the report or uh-huh. the paper. And they're making that one seem very, very important yeah. and much bigger. And so for um, Park Hyun-chik's character and Taeyong to also have a similar issue, but theirs is not as bad, I feel like that would kind of be weird. 
Yeah, because Hanyu is struggling right now with the case that like someone else is using uh, just publish the papers without her name, and then if um, Jongwoo did that, then I feel like that's gonna be a big divide in the relationship because like oh the person I'm dating actually actually did that as well. So yeah. I agree with you too, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And that's then the true. other issue is um, I feel like they they showed how not involved the parents are, especially the mom. She like they have that very brief scene where Park Yun Shik comes home and. He's kind of like done with the case. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it was a flashback when he was still in school, and he sees the mom outside, and the mom's like, "Oh, I'm going to America. Like, take care of yourself. Why are you getting? Why, why are you falling mm. behind in your grades or whatever?" I feel like the mom isn't the type to then get involved and like make sure that her son gets credit for some report from school. Mm. You know, I can see. I don't that. think You're she right. would just do that. It's gonna be like you figure your school stuff out. Just don't fail. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, I think, you know, we'll see what it comes out to, but I see your guys' point. Potentially, it's not that level of severity, but I do want to know what that backstory is. I think that's something we all were looking forward to. What uh, if it was... Um what if it was just a simple, simple case of like Taeyang always wanting to be friends with uh, Park Jung-chik, but Chongu's character was kind of traumatized from the beef that he had with Park Shin-hye's character of always trying to fight for being number one. Mm. And so he just didn't want to make any other friends. He viewed everyone as a rival. Mm. I could see that. And that's too. why, even in modern time, Taeyang is still like trying to be friendly with him. But Park Yun-shik's character was just not, like, letting him in. You know what I mean? I don't think that's the case. No? I feel like Jung-woo and Taeyang did have some type of issue. And I don't think it's just a matter of, like, oh, I want to be your friend. Because their first interaction was very, very aggressive. So mm. I think there is some hate there. But we just need to figure out what it is. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into the love line. So, you know, Hanyeol and Jung-woo do have some cute moments kind of towards the end of episode 7 where Jung-woo is just confessing to her like every five seconds. And then, you know, they have some cute dating scenes. You have the movie scene, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but their relationship is probably one of the shortest K-drama relationships I've seen in a hot minute because I think it lasted like a day potentially um so it was a very very quick breakup so we'll just touch on kind of the two main things that we think probably caused this or i think kind of caused this so the first we already kind of touched on earlier but the friend who wears the glasses i keep forgetting his name in the show you know it turns out that he stole hunter's paper and kind of used it as its own and now he's getting married to some chebro because you know this paper essentially allowed him to become like adjunct professor which looked good etc etc so he's like living it up while hunter's just struggling and i think she had a lot of issues with that I got the impression, though, that Chung Woo actually found a photo of them two and then assumed that maybe they were dating. Is that what you guys kind of took away from that, too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's I think that's what he's assumed. Because he, they also flash back to, oh, I used, I used to date in my younger days as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know why, but I, it makes me worried that that's like going to be a big misunderstanding. Do you feel like that's going to keep spiraling, or do you feel like that's going to get addressed pretty quickly? I think it's... It was so small, and it's already been addressed with how the ending of the last episode was. I don't think that scene in the rain was because of another guy. Mm, that's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Well, I think then we'll get into that scene a little bit more. Um, essentially, Jungwoo went up to Taeyang because Dan her originally offered him a position at his own plastic surgery clinic and was like, hey, let's just do this together. And Jungwoo was like, hey, dude, like... I'm sorry, but, like, someone I care about is struggling. I just want to stay by her side a little longer, so I'm going to turn you down. Um, for some reason, Hunter's friend, Hongram, 
calls Hunter when Hunter's just like in the worst mood and it's like hey by the way did you know that Jungwoo did this and I think that really caused Hunter to feel guilty and just sad so essentially because of that moment they kind of have their breakup situation do you guys feel like Hongran was kind of in the wrong for making that call or you think that's just a good friend move that should have happened well I guess you you could ask it this way like if it was you Jenny would you want Andy to tell you Andy to tell me that like my my boyfriend didn't take this position type of thing yeah like would you want your friend to tell you or not Mm, I don't know I think if I mean I would rather know just in general but I think if I were the boyfriend if I was Jungwoo I would rather tell Hunter myself maybe like I don't want that kind of spreading behind the scenes Mm-hmm. I, I think this know. this way this style of communication. No, I agree. I think it's good to tell being you're being a good friend, but I think it it could lead to a lot of miscommunication. Mm. I just feel like people who try to be really good friends are always worried about like, oh, if they found out that I knew this and I didn't tell them, they're gonna uh, be mad at true. me. So they jump the gun and like immediately tell them without even giving the other person a chance mm-hmm. to tell it themselves. But it's how are you even gonna find the right timing you know yeah. so I, I don't yeah, think it's true. too bad her. for home run she yeah. did it with good intentions and if that's the case yes that's then fair. it's okay that's fair that's mm-hmm. fair do you guys uh, kind of see hunter's perspective in this breakup like is this something that you feel like makes sense in this chain of events or do you feel like maybe her reaction's a little bit unwarranted any thoughts on that specifically i, th- I think it makes 100 percent sense because you know I think it was Chungu that says, hey, I'm not ready to be in a relationship because I'm going through a lot. And mm-hmm. I actually felt like that was, even though I liked the how open he was, it was very one-sided because you yeah. also have Hunter's character who's dealing with stuff and we never really think about her perspective. And so as soon as his case was over, they were like, all right, like we're dating and yada yada, but she was still going through stuff. And so with yeah. how the latest episode ends, she basically kind of uses the same card that he did. It's like, I'm not ready right now, and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, if we gave him a chance to clean his stuff up, then she should obviously still be given that chance as well. I felt like maybe the getting together was a bit premature, not that the breakup was mm. too soon, if that makes sense. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. They kind of rushed into it because they were just so into each other, and then they just really weren't ready for it in a way, potentially. Okay. Andy, mm-hmm. anything yeah. you want to add? No, I think Brandon covered it mostly uh, what I was going to say as well. I think I think it's realistic uh, the way Handel's like handling things. I think she's also like in a it's a rough situation in general turning that like this guy like oh you're friends with the person that stole my paper and then like yeah, she, that's she, that's what's calling causing her a lot of um, anxiety and, and trauma and uh, past trauma. So she probably is feeling some type of way about that. So it's I think that makes sense. I think yeah. also agree with Brandon that like I think the re- relationship rush was a little bit too rush. I think it's very contrasty, especially in the first episode, uh, beginning of the episode. They spent the full fifteen minutes figuring out if they're actually dating or not, and then they went on a date, and then they broke up. It's like the progression was a little bit too quick. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. I will say though, I think it was maybe last week or the week before we were trying to figure out what that next hurdle is going to be after the case, mm-hmm. and we were toying with the idea that. Hunter would actually get on her feet quicker than Chungu. Yeah. But it, tur- it turns out that it's actually going to be the other way around. So Chungu gets on her feet and it's going to take Hunter a little bit longer to get on her feet. Mm-hmm. So 
what is it going to take for her to kind of figure her stuff out for the relationship to then eventually happen? Because, I mean, obviously they're going to end up together. But at this point, I don't know if it's like clearing her name with the paper or is it um, really focusing on addressing her, her depression or is it going to be more about finding work? She has a actually a variety of different things she's battling right now. Yeah, I agree. I feel like she actually has a bigger, you know, burden right now just because it's very intangible, like how she's going to be able to address it. I mean, I think first and foremost, it's really just, um, you know, kind of getting over the worst of her depression. I mean, I think the show keeps referencing it. It's just like, you know, one day she's okay and the next day she's just not. And it's just a big toll on her because of that. Um, and I think it's good that she's going to, uh, like, getting help for it it sounds like she just has a lot of burdens from her childhood that she touches on so i think it's really healthy that that's like kind of the main focus i would say that the getting a jobs part seems even harder it just seems like everybody she just has such a bad reputation right now you know so it's just like tough for her to even like get an opportunity because she's almost like blacklisted everywhere that just really sucks um so yeah i don't know we'll see all right. Well, I think at this point we are at the halfway point. Um, so, you know, just wanted to ask the team, you know, what did we think about the pacing of the show? We are halfway. And so we have another eight episodes. Do we feel like we're going to get a lull or are we pretty excited to see it kind of continue through? I think the pacing has been pretty solid because we're halfway and we already figured out one of the duo's issues. We still have the other other half that we need to figure out we also have the parents that are going to come into play uh, i'm talking about chungu's parents mm-hmm. and then you also have the second second lead love line mm-hmm. who's my favorite second lead <laughs> ever so uh i think we have a lot left and i don't think we're gonna get into the boring ish lovey dovey like throwaway two episodes that we typically get with some of these dramas um just because they they already broke up. So yeah, like that's true. next time they get together it's going to be towards the end. Yeah, fair enough. Andy, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going okay. I'm glad that they wrapped up like the hospital case and everything. I think they're probably going to th- throw in a lot more hurdles like hurdles with the parents uh being in with uh Jong-woo's parents. We haven't really seen the whole dynamic between those people. I think Jong-woo also has a brother, I believe, that never is fully introduced yet i don't know if that's true or i'm making stuff up completely <laughs> um, no there wasn't there that one scene where he came back with the in episode seven he came back with a paper to show his mom that i got an a and he walked past his brother that was leaving the house okay i'm probably i'm probably making things up then uh i don't, I don't remember any i mean kids you could be scene. right i just could don't be. remember okay let's go um, with you're yeah. right <laughs> but I feel like there's a lot of interest. Like we also don't have like the paper situation, so we're probably gonna resolve that too. And then now we have the ro- like the relationship is kind of developing right now. I don't know. I I appreciate their relationship. I I so far have found it very not like extremely realistic because it's a K drama, but like you know the points and like the pieces that everybody needs to work on. I feel like are relatable to me. Um, and I I do think that. I have I want there to be great learning lessons from this show and I feel like we've gotten a good amount in the first half so I'm really just looking forward to seeing that progress um, in the second half of this show 
I agree with Brandon where I, I don't think there'll be too many like slow lovey-dovey scenes um, just because it seems like the focus is really on the couple's growth and not just like them being happy together. So, um, you know, obviously I think that also comes into play, but I, I feel like it'll be a, it'll be a good next eight episodes. Adding on to uh, Jenny, I think, yeah, I, I do like the love line. I think it is very realistic in the sense that like, I think the problems that they are facing are like... Uh, pretty relatable i think the one thing that does frustrate me is the contrast of like the 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 out the people outside of them how it affects their current relationship so for example the mom the brother they're both i think for me relatively frustrating characters the sense that they're always impeding in the relationship or like they're just frustrating characters to see other characters like you know the doctor friends and everything's like they are like more frustrating characters so the contrast that i'm seeing of like this and then and then their dynamic of being realistic for me is like, it's it's a little jarring of like ups and downs of of uh, realism, I guess. Yeah, sorry. I, I was just gonna say since you touched on the mom and the brother, I recently I feel like the brother is redeemed in my book, which I wasn't really expecting. I kind of expected to dislike him the whole time through, but there was like an opening where they kind of talk through the brother's backstory, and it was just like very eye-opening to me where it's just like you know in shows we always root for the person that tries really hard but sometimes there are people who just don't try that hard and they don't get the a's and they just kind of skate along and they live their life and it's fine you know and i feel like Mm -hmm. i you know i i can't really relate to that because i feel like that's not in my personality but at the same time it's not the wrong way to live so i actually feel like that opening made me feel better feelings towards the brother i do think sometimes he still can be annoying but at the end of the day like he means well for his sister and even though he's a little bit of a rascal like i was actually like he's just that kind of person and those people exist and and they're fine too so i i'm okay with him now all right i think that wraps up dr slump then should we get into the new drama for this week we're going to be starting killer's paradox episodes one through four andy you want to take it away Cheers! So we are covering episodes one through four, a new K drama for um, starring Choi Wushik. This is the one from our our favorite K drama, <laughs> Brandon and I's Our Beloved Summer, and he is the main character of the story. I don't think we have a main uh, actress for this. Maybe she's not coming yet, but as of right now, I think it's mostly um, male character actors for this show. Uh, I will read the Asian wiki. I'll save uh, Brandon some time. I can do it. Okay. No, Brandon, you can do it. Yi Tang, Cheushik, is an ordinary university student. While he works his part-time job at a convenience store, he gets into a fight with a rude drunk man and accidentally kills him. He is terrified that he killed a person and his life could be ruined. It turns out the dead man is a serial killer and he has been wanted for the past four years. Yi Tang realizes that he has a special ability to recognize bad people who deserve to die. Yi Tang soon becomes a serial murderer to kill these evil people. Detective Chang Nangam investigates a murder case committed by Yi Tang. His instincts as a detective leads him to, a, to suspect Yi Tang as the killer. Meanwhile, Song Chun, Yi Hee Jun, is an ex-detective who chases after Yi Tang alone. Great, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, this show, I feel like, is a kind of a remote, emotional roller coaster, especially the way they film it, because it kind of gets a little bit jarring with the jump shots and whatnot. Uh, but we see right away he kills someone and then he does end up killing another person and then he kills another person so it's like he can't stop this cycle of like killing someone and uh, for me the show reminds me a lot of extracurricular a show that i really liked a couple years ago but i know that i know you two did not like the show um i say it's similar because it follows the trend of like 
something happens to the main character and they have to keep playing like almost catch up to to kind of correct their wrongs or like get back onto track of what they wanted to do but what are your guys thoughts so far and i'll pass it over to jenny first yeah um i definitely think this type of show is not my favorite type of show to watch um i do really appreciate how amazing everyone's acting was and just how like unique the storyline is for this show i think i just dislike watching people dig their own grave and keep digging it further and further i think that's one of the reasons why um you know a show from last year mask girl it was just a tough watch for me even though i knew it was good um also i think extracular like you mentioned i just couldn't sit through it because i just get so much anxiety seeing people struggle this way um that being said i do think though by i think the episode four i was pretty on board i think the moment that Tang really um took his role seriously and just kind of accepted what he was going to be um for me the show got better but i think definitely the first couple episodes where he was just struggling with the idea of what was happening and like the potential consequences of his actions that was just like a heavy watch for me personally so i didn't enjoy it as much um but i love seeing cho chic i love seeing sun soku i mean they're two of my favorite actors um and i i'm excited to see how um this third character i don't think we've really seen him too much yet um song song chang um i'm excited to see how he kind of fits into this as well yeah andy i actually love that you brought up extracurricular because i was actually thinking the same this show is a type of show that jenny and i don't necessarily love it's the show where one accident or one bad decision then spirals into the character making multiple bad decision and they just dig a hole that just becomes too big for them to get out of and the first two episodes definitely felt like that you know you have this itang character who unfortunately kind of tries to defend himself and and then you know accidentally murder someone and then the second murder was him just not knowing what to do spur the moment type of situation this person's trying to blackmail him after that though the second two murders are very different i categorize them differently so the show for me is going like on a wild roller coaster um i will say though first impression of the first two episodes the filming style was kind of distracting for me it was a little bit i don't know what the right word is like maybe quirky or kind of artistic Mm -hmm. and i was trying to really get into the mood of like how serious the situation is and and i was trying to put myself in itang's shoes like i also if i accidentally murdered someone would be sleep staying up at night not being able to eat just so stressed out like what do i do do i turn myself in are the cops coming for me but then there's these like weird jump cuts or like these weird little shots that kind of were distracting for me it kind of got better in the second two episodes and you know inherently i think the second two episodes the show really just changes to where now it's it's not about a kid trying to right a wrong that he did it's then becomes like a superhero vigilante angle um a lot to discuss in these four episodes i am enjoying it for the most part i'm excited to see where the next four episodes are going to go with the new song song character he's famous actor we saw him in mouse he was actually mooch guys <laughs> and um I, I'm also excited to see Sunsoku have a more hands-on role now that he's not even a cop anymore. So he has no, uh, nothing holding him back. So I am very mm-hmm. excited. 
I have a couple comments also based on what you just said too. I think I agree the filming technique is very artistic. I think it could be very distracting for a lot of people. Um, I think there's going to be, be just artistic generals is always going to people have going to be very subjective about it. Uh, I really like the way they shoot it because it very makes it very unique. I think it's trying to be a lot different from other shows. I think it's done really well in the sense that it makes it very anxiety driven. I think the show is supposed to induce anxiety for the viewer and. Um, with the, all these jump cuts, it's like, oh, it's really jarring. I think it helps, for me, it helps to enhance the whole uh, feeling. Um, I also agree with Brandon and Jenny where, like, I think digging the whole situation in the first two episodes, I was starting to get a little bit like, I don't know if I'm going to like this show because right away he does kill someone. And then right away we do see him try to figure out, like, how does he get away with it in a sense? So I was like, okay, where is this going? Uh, and then he starts getting blackmailed by someone. I'm like, okay, is this where the show is actually going to go? Where he's going to keep getting blackmailed and like just keep digging in a hole? I really didn't want to see that. And he just straight up, straight up just officer. And then the 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 point where it made it really really interesting was like everyone he kills was actually like a serial killer or like some mm -hmm. type of villain. And I thought it was just so like coincidentally funny that like he's like oh shoot and it's also really funny that there's no evidence too so right. i think for me that was like okay this is very intriguing and very like dude he just can't keep getting away with it because we know him as a character is very like meek and very like shy and like he he's not going out there to like murder someone he like these people are coming to him and i thought that was really interesting and then when they again continue the shift angle of doing a duel like you know um, Robin and Batman theme and then they introduced this like I don't know sci-fi theme I guess which we'll talk a little bit about later too uh, this whole show has been very intriguing to me so I would say that I'm enjoying the show so far right now as well it's the first not negative first I impression know. we've got from Andy this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so I mean I technically this show is also for uh, following the format of like of having a murder in every episode and then it shows the little backstory so the first one we do get is the ex-serial killer we do get the psycho blackmail blind lady we get the two teenage rapists and then the, another one is a prosecutor rapist i do like how they f they they paint the main character as like we are going to back this character like it sounds like sure he's murdering someone but like he's kind of doing it for a good i also think this is a really good show of showing like moral like good and bad is like is moral still is murder still justified with right. even though like he's killing a bad person and then we're doing this Batman like what do you guys think about this whole moral dilemma in a sense no I think it's really interesting there are obviously some people who are going to say no matter who you're murdering murder is bad and obviously that that is uh, the case but um, I feel like the title also killer's paradox is like a perfect title for this type of show and I, I was like laughing when he just kept getting away with everything. Like even when he was going to go to the cops and turn himself in, mm -hmm. just coincidentally, someone comes and just steals the bag of all the evidence and tosses it away. And he's I'm like, wow, he just can't catch a break where the dog licked yeah. up all the fingerprints yeah. in the entire house. <laughs> I was like, how does that happen? So uh, it is interesting. You mentioned the supernatural angle or sci-fi angle. I think that's really cool. And uh, it it almost seems like he also has the law or, or not the law, but like the cops on his side because the cops just want to make sure that they're catching bad guys. And so I feel like the cops are unwilling to go deeper into trying to figure out who actually did the murders like Chang Nakam's character is trying to do just because they're like, hey, this guy, we were looking for him for four years. Now he turned up dead, like case closed, like we're not even going to investigate it even further. Mm -hmm. And so because everyone just turns out to be other killers, I feel like it's 
he's really just getting away with everything. So I can't wait to see what Chang Nankam does now that he's not a cop. Which also just poses like a weird question of like, where is the show even going to end if it's not Itang in jail? Because Chang Nankam now can't even arrest him. What, what did you think, yeah. Jenny? Yeah, I, I do agree. I think the moral piece of it is very interesting. And because of that, I feel like it's difficult to place this very traditional plot line on this show mainly because like there's not a true villain you know there's usually like the cop and robber and the cop is a good guy and like very justifiably good and then the robber is just a bad person but like this is not that kind of situation like you know the supposed bad guy who is Itang is technically just doing a good thing and in other shows you could view him as a hero and potentially um you know sonsuku's character nangam as like the bad guy who's like trying to stop him from taking out people that are bad you know so i think the moral dilemma is interesting but i think the pitfall of that is that it kind of creates this weird loop of a plot and it just feels a little bit less um, I guess the word would be like directionless. I think some of our plochas felt similarly in the Discord too. And I think that a lot of that is generated because of this like, well, who's really bad? Who's really good? What are people's true goals and end objectives at this point? And I feel like that's what kind of makes it feel like we're, we're floating a little bit. And there's not a clear line of like, you know, this is plot A and then you're getting to point B to point C to point D. So I, I definitely think though, after Itang kind of accepted his role, it feels like, you know, there is going to be a pretty straightforward um, plot line maybe moving forward from here, but um, we'll, we'll have to see. What did you think, Andy? Yeah, I mean, I think I really like how the show does this moral dilemma because it's like, well, obviously he's killing someone, but is it okay to do so? I like how they always show, like morality they always show is with the cops. And so that good detective, uh, I'm calling him good because he's at the end of the day a good cop. He's murders, murder. He's like, oh, the government should like do all this stuff. So he's trying to do everything by the book. Um, also, just quick prediction: I think the new character he's probably going to be the bad cop or something because yeah. the show's like the bad side of a cop or whatever because mm. he looks kind of sinister too. <laughs> but uh, I do like the moral dilemma. And then they talk about Batman and Robin because technically Batman and Robin they don't kill anyone. They they only just beat people up. Their their moral compass is always just you know send people to jail and whatnot so and it's interesting that he they adopt this batman robin theme but they are actually actively killing people so it's uh yeah i i like how they introduce it um i think it's fine to be floating i think that's the point of it because you're like okay what is this going to happen um i do think that they're going to keep digging up their hole because like um <laughs> it sounds like they can't just keep getting away with this right yeah, yeah. you know i just put two and two together and because you keep saying batman and robin and i was like oh i remember seeing batman that's like you know the 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 what's it like the streamer guy like he always wears like the batman clothes and i just yeah, realized yeah. that his name is robin he yeah they yeah. mentioned he, <laughs> he says it in name. the show he legally changed his oh, name to robin that's so funny it yeah. like didn't click in my head <laughs> that that was what it was and i was like oh but that's yeah. that's really funny also <laughs> changnankam it means toy in Korean. Mm, I don't know why they named him that, but that's his name. Interesting. Isn't yeah. mm. Tang like Tang is like soup, right? Yeah, but I don't know what the play on words uh, there I would see, be. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Andy, I, I, I'm 100% on your... Pr- I don't even think it's a prediction. I thought it was pretty obvious that the person that Chang Nakam's character keep mentions, he is keep mentioning about, you know, oh, I, I should have caught this person, this, this other cop, this, this other killer. I'm 
I'm pretty sure that that's going to be Song mm. Chun. And when Robin says, I had a, I had two partners before, one of them was the dad that overdoses, and the other one, Robin says, that person, we should never meet again or something like that. I think that's also going to be Song Chun. So I think oh. he is, I, I think Song Chun's character is a cop that was also killing people. And I wonder if my prediction is that maybe he started as a cop and he was also killing bad guys, because that makes sense, right? You're you're yeah. looking for you're trying to fight crime, but you take it one step further by then just killing them. But I wonder if then he started to just kill innocent people too, which is why yeah. Robin was like, "Yo, like we're not even doing good work anymore. You're just actually yeah. a serial killer." And so it's interesting that he's trying to find Itang. While Sonsoku is trying to catch Itang and Songchon, and so now that now that he's not a cop, I could see why some people might be like the ending is kind of directionless. Because even I really don't know how the show can end. Well, it's okay. So let's talk a little bit about this partner situation. So uh, Robin found Batman. I'm going to start calling him Batman a little bit because it's easier to remember. So Robin <laughs> found Batman because um, he apparently has this sci-fi the- uh, like sci-fi theme of coincidences when he runs into someone or walks into someone or like someone wrongs him or something. Um, I think Robin is saying that like that person is going to be a bad guy and they tried they did this test by doing it with the prosecutor. That's why the they went to the lake and like did the background check on the prosecutor, right? Um, I feel like this in itself is it could be just a coincidence. It could be a sci-fi. Like, does he have actual powers in in this sense? And I mean, I think this spiral is also going to be where um, Batman uh, is going to keep walking to people, and like, if some anyone like good actually does anything like accidentally bad to him, maybe he'll just murder them, and then he'll just become a spiral into this murderer, just like the character that you just talked the, the the bad cop you just talked about, Brandon. I, I do like, though, that he didn't just trust his instinct and immediately off the prosecutor. They did, he did call Robin over to, to 100% verify, yeah. and they were able to find that. I also don't know what the prosecutor was doing. Was it S.A., or was, it, um, was he also killing people? I, it was kind of hard to tell, but I think, in general, there is definitely an S.A. aspect. I don't know if he killed them after or if he just, like, you know videos or something I don't yeah. know. not that even matters yeah. but i just i wasn't even sure what the prosecutor did because it you would have to deem it as a certain level of bad you know yeah so do you guys think this is just coincidence or do we have a sci-fi thing going on or we're just kind of just along for the see I, what happens i don't want to think that it's just a coincidence i i i think the show it'd be cool if he had a little bit of like a little spidey sense they even show i think they show like the back of his neck or something like he was feeling something yeah Oh, and yeah. So if that was the angle, why not? Mm. Let's just let's just run with it. What yeah. do you think, Jenny? I, I agree. I think there's like some interpretation of either like a sci-fi or like oh a divine. I don't know. This was your purpose in life, you know? Because I feel like that's that kind of feeds into the character and his like character development angle, where it's like he always struggled and just was kind of aimless. He was always looking for like what is the thing that's going to bring me happiness and take me to where I want to be. And I feel like the fact that now he has a purpose, whether it's sci-fi based or divine, I I think that's maybe a point that the show is trying to get across to us of like, you know, this is what gives this man purpose. This is what he was made to actually do. And he's happy doing it regardless of kind of this moral dilemma he might be in. Let's just wrap this up. I think, um, do we have any other predictions for in the future? I know, um, 
if we continue to do this spiral of like digging up this hole, um, is that going to disinterest you um, more, Jenny? Or um, we also have the uh, progression of like these police characters because they one of them just got kick, gets kicked out, so now he's kind of like a outlaw, or like he, maybe he's just going to be like doing things on his own. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, I I feel like you know it's going to be a little mix of both. I think. Obviously, the main character, Itang, or Batman, I guess we're calling him, I think he's going to have another maybe moral hurdle that he needs to get over, and that might be kind of the make it or break it point for if he continues this, like, I'm only going to kill bad people, or like, do I need to kill someone who's not bad? And I think that's going to be the main, you know, next half of this show, and potentially the person that he might need to kill is the cop that's now, you know, after him. So I think that will probably be the focus, and I, I feel like this new, um, you know, ex-detective is going just to be kind of a, a foil to maybe our main character, just to be like, almost like a point of temptation of like hey look what if we just kill people together or something i don't know um but i kind of see it going in that direction it'll be interesting to see when song chon introduces himself to itang whether itang's spidey sense goes off or not because mm, it might go point. off right away yeah and so i that's kind of what i'm looking forward to and i also am waiting for chang nakam's character to, the, to then be reintroduced to song chon so a lot to look forward to but i'm just gonna say this now just because we've kind of um it's been a little bit rough with some of the endings we've seen recently. I just really hope that they don't season two bait us. Just give us a proper Agreed. ending. I don't care if you want to continue this on for multiple seasons. Just give us one clear cut ending, please. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys' like, I guess, predictions. I think he's going to go down this like moral sp uh, spiral of like when he starts to c continue to murder people, um, is it going to be actually like morally okay to do so? And maybe he's going to start to like have the dilemma of like, okay, this cop is getting in too close to me. Do I murder this guy? Because like now I can't c carry on to do justice in a sense. So I think he's going to start having more moral decisions and i agree with jenny that there's going to be one big hurdle that he's going to have to go through uh, before the ending all right i think that wraps up killer's paradox i'm happy that or andy and i are enjoying it now it looks like jenny's on the negative boat for this one uh, we, we just need to find one drama where all of us are gonna love next week we're gonna continue killer's paradox we're gonna finish out the remaining episodes four through eight and then we'll rank it on our list and then dr slump episodes nine and ten next week we will also be airing our patreon episode for good bad mother officially yeah socials follow us on instagram facebook twitter tiktok upload your playlist check out our ko-fi and our patreon if you want to support us patreon is where we have our extra monthly episodes and if you want to um, help us out please leave us a review and rating on apple Podcasts and spotify andy please send us out this is the butcher post and we're out